Welcome to Board Stupid, the podcast that loves talking tabletop board games, D&D and other awesome stuff. I'm Wayne. I'm Simon. And I'm Tom. We're just nerds talking about the things we love that are worth geeking out over. So, uh, Simon, are you ready? Sure am. Tom, are you ready? Absolutely. I'm ready. It's been a long time. Let's dive in. Let's go. (laughs) To this week's episode. Cool. So, welcome back. It's been a long time, chap, since uh, we've had any sort of discussion on this show about board gaming or D&D or any awesome stuff at all. It has been a minute. Was it October, by my recollection? That's a long time. Yeah, shortly before uh, Apocalypse Number 2, I think it was. Before the second Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been a bloody long time. And uh, board gaming as we knew it changed for a while. Uh, yeah, we spent a long time kind of in the wilderness of board gaming. It was a weird, weird time. It still is a weird time, but yeah, I would like to say we are at least in our small groups getting yeah. back to a degree of quote-unquote normality. Yeah, and it, frankly, I am incredibly pleased and making every single uh, moment of it count as mm-hmm. best I can. Um, constantly trying to find spare minutes to play board games <laughs> and hassle Tom to <laughs> yeah. come and play and some stuff. Speaking of Tom, let's not hang about with that warm hello. Hello, Tom. Hello. We know your voice, yeah. but... Yeah, we're, we're bringing Tom onto the team to make this a threesome. Why do I say things like that? <laughs> we're making this a trio. Yeah. A trio, a trilogy. Mostly because I moved out of Simon's apartment. <laughs> and, and I now live uh, around the corner from Tom, which makes it easier for us to get together, I think. Yeah. So, uh, and I have a giant pile of games to rival your own. Um, yeah, so Tom's games pile is at least as big, I think, isn't it? Uh, between us, we've got a, a quite a ridiculous amount of board games and an enormous backlog of stuff to play. So. And, and I now technically own at least five board games, which yeah. is a whole new novelty <laughs> for me. <laughs> Simon's uh, original role as the counterpart sort of new person into the board gaming to give his new perspective is is now null and void. He's a he is a veteran purchaser of multitude board games, all five. Well, yeah, you say veteran, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> Does mean we need to find a fourth person who has never played Monopoly? Oh, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we, buy the, maybe. we find that person. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be far more involved than ever I was and fighting the good fight for uh, expunging? No, that's not the right word. Extolling the virtues of modern board gaming far and wide, whether people want to hear it or not. Exactly. No, loving it. And it's uh, it has been lovely because, as we talked about briefly, uh, the impact of uh, that shall not be named on board gaming and D&D and other awesome stuff is not insignificant. I think even now... Um, there's probably a level of anxiety that people have in terms of getting back together in groups and getting back to things that we love like this, right? Absolutely. And there's certainly something to be said for being able to get back together with small groups. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you see images on the news and on the TV and stuff with, uh, you know, people gathering in enormous scary crowds and you don't necessarily want to do that, but... Being able to meet up with five or six people around the table, mm-hmm. uh, whether that is at your home or in the board game shop or wherever, um, it's 
such a nice sort of thing to be able to get back to. And it is, uh, at least for us, relatively low risk, which is great. Yeah, I think the minimum thing I need is just uh, just let me have four people in the table. Mm. Yeah, if if you don't feel those anxieties to the level of not going out at all, it's it's great to be able to have that face to face interaction. Yeah, particularly with the board gaming, you know, you can grab the pieces, you can look at the cards in details, and as we always say on most of our reviews, the art and the style and the creation, the physical object, is part of what makes mm. it for us. Yeah, absolutely, and it's something that I want to move on to is. It's had that impact on the community, right, where obviously there's people that are anxious about going back, there's people anxious about getting back into the hobby, but slowly we're starting to see people go into those gaming spaces, like me and Tom have visited the CGC, the Crawley Gaming Club, over the last couple of weeks, and that's now getting busier and busier. Mm. We've we've all been to the comic shop, one of our, our favourite ever places for, for local meetups, and yeah. that's getting busier and I, busier. I, I popped into the comic shop last night, saw our good buddy Chris, which is great to have a quick catch-up with him, uh-huh. and he had people turning up that he had to turn away because they hadn't booked a table, mm. and they were fully booked, which was yeah. a great sight to see. Not only survived, but um, taken up, taken the you know the opportunity to uh, do a lot of renovation. Oh God, that um, place looks it incredible. Has these days. completely transformed. It's a phenomenal space for mm. any any of your um, I suppose uh, hobbies of, of that nature. They've got forty k and another Warhammer stuff in there now. Yeah, yeah. There's table toppers so people can come in and play war games if they want. Huge to. support yeah. for yeah, as you say, Yu Gi Oh, Pokemon. Uh, they've got the magic, which they've always, always had, yeah. D&D, which they've always had. They've got 40k now, as Tom says. They've got scenery on site. So if you want to turn up, you've never played it, you yeah. can turn up and go, can I have a go? Mm-hmm. You'll almost certainly find someone there to play it with, mm-hmm. and you'll find stuff to play as well. And my God, the the board game collection in terms of stock there is unreal. Every time it, I go in, there's more things, it's both so to good. borrow and to buy. Yeah. It's oh incredible. my god! Yeah, the yeah. library of games that you can borrow and play um, is is growing a lot. Yeah. Um, so they've they've got a really good selection of things that are relatively easy to pick up and play. There are some more complicated games in there as well, but most of them are sort of uh, sort of medium weight to lightweight games, and there there's plenty of things that you can sort of just pick up and play if you just happen to sort of roll in and and you don't have anything with you. Yeah, it's yeah, it's absolutely important in these times, especially as we're coming, you know, fingers crossed more permanently out of these restrictions that we support these pillars of our community um, when it comes to board gaming, D&D and all of the awesome stuff that we talk about and it's great to see people coming out and, and giving that support because without these spaces some of the magic dies I mean the the, the magic of board gaming and D&D and, and, and other hobby games is that interaction with people right, meeting new people potentially I met Tom through the process of one third of this group would not be here without having met at the, the comic shop, shop. exactly. Yeah. Just sort of just lurking around while you were running Adventurers League and refused to leave. So, yeah. <laughs> That's how you make the best friendships, right? You just sit awkwardly near them until they start talking to you. Well, pretty much. Yeah. Works for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, well, there we go. Easy peasy. But um, no, you're quite right. And there's something to be said as well. I mean, we've all done a little bit of the online gaming while we were in lockdown, and it's just not the same. Like you said, Simon, about the components. Imagine playing Wingspan, right? Which is a perfectly amazing game, and they've got it, you know, Steam versions of it. You can play it on Tabletop Simulator, but you can't feel the paper of that uh, of that instruction uh, booklet, yeah, it's, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's super high quality. Yeah, it? and that's something special and tactile that you get with mm-hmm. board gaming, and that 
part of the magic of it and makes it special. You get to touch things and move things around and play with the pieces. And, and it's the, the accessibility of it. You know, It's why there's such a market out there for things like the animated spell book where you can mm-hmm. buy the card, which is, you know, I don't know if anyone's seen this Kickstarter. I think I have, actually. And they look phenomenal, but it also has all the information to hand, so you don't need to scroll in your phone or flick through the book. It's just having it. Yeah. Dead there in front of you. So mm-hmm. any time, at a glance, it is there for you rather than needing to... Fleet back and forth. I think we all felt huge fatigue, particularly as we do all working in front of screens all day. Oh my god! Yeah. Then trying to do your hobby sat in front of those same set mm-hmm. screens and just getting that eye strain and having to manage windows back and forth just to play a simple board game was. I've I think it all a, became too much for, for I've most got an of us. L-shaped desk and I have my work monitors on one side, and then at the end of the day, I was essentially rotating ninety degrees. Turn my PC on and then carry on. That was it. It's you know you don't you don't move. You're you're just in the same place all day. It's there's no separation. No, you just yeah. Yeah. and to continue your hobbies from one screen to another. Just for me, it doesn't feel right. It's just not. It's not healthy. It's not sustainable. At least, right? I mean, you can't do that forever. No. And I felt a massive sense of relief when I was finally able to get people over and and go to places where I can play. Yeah, and certainly with the the D and D, the role playing side of things, you know, you can replicate board game mechanics relatively straightforward, as you say, things like tabletop simulating. Mm-hmm. You guys have used, but getting those non-verbal cues from everyone sat around the table when you're having a discourse in and out of character and you can see oh it looked like you were just about to say something so that you know as the the dungeon master the game runner whoever you can pick up on all those little cues that just can't really exist when you're yeah. even on a video call with lag and delay and sound mm. cutting in and out it just isn't the same someone's sitting on mute you're on mute yeah you know, oh yeah something everyone knows from meetings and work i'm sure but it goes for D&D as well. well. I'm just thinking back to your campaign, Tom, mm. where I was playing as Chance and we'd have this really quite emotional, intense meeting and then there'd be a silence like, am I, am I not hearing him? Or Did is you hear this what a, I said? Or is this a purposeful pause? Do I continue with my monologue? And then, oh, sorry, Simon, we missed all of that. I'm like, oh, okay, now, <laughs> yeah. now I'll summarise out of character rather than delivering in character. Yeah, all of that in non-verbal communication gets lost. And we've had the conversation multiple times, Tom and Simon, as a matter of fact, either individually and together. With role-playing in particular, there is a certain magic which only happens around the table, I believe. I don't know if that's old school, old fashioned or whatever. I mean, it's super popular to play on things like Roll20, but I am convinced. And it's part of what I love about role-playing games. It's the magic of being around the table with a beer or not, having, you know, talking some some BS with your mates Mm -hmm. and having some fun. Role-playing. Yeah. I, mean, I don't want to sort of poo-poo all the tools. The, They're great. The virtual tabletops. They're great. Spring. You know, Roll20 is brilliant. Um, I never really got the hang of it. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff that's sort of buried in the functionality of Roll20 that, that um, I can see is super, super useful for, yeah, I... for playing. If your main platform for playing is online if you have yeah. people who are remote all the time you don't have access to friends from home or some of the people mm-hmm. from your group that's fine um it's it's a really really good resource to have but if you've got the option to play around the table it's lovely to be able to go back to doing that yeah i certainly only scratched the surface with roll 20 i made it work for what i needed but it was mm-hmm. very much the stopgap to real life rather than the default desired location to be playing the game Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, I think all three of us here are, are happy for uh, everything to be moving towards normality and long may it continue. So um, 
that's I guess our thoughts on on the impact of uh, COVID and and all of that on the community and on gaming and our general relief at how things have been back. But since we've been back, what have been your highlights in terms of gaming? Role playing, anything else over the last, I suppose, what it's called, three to six months since we've been allowed to, right? So yeah, more or less since sort of officially, I guess, mid-May. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've managed to fit in plenty of opportunities to catch up with people. Obviously, with yourself, Wayne, mm-hmm. in particular, um, but also with friends from home, with various people from D&D groups and the comic shop. Um, so I've, you know, fit in a few sort of almost full weekends worth of board gaming. We did, that is, yeah. That is the, you know, the backlog, mm-hmm. of course. Um, lots and lots of different games, and some games multiple times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been one of the fun things, is really getting in deeper and exploring one game over multiple mm. sessions, mm. Uh, whereas before we were struggling to fit in one every six to eight weeks because it was the one moment where we were allowed out to get together and uh-huh. and experience that i had a great opportunity to actually play uh, D in person for the first time <gasps> this year dun, dun, dun. Uh, sunday before last had the four guys round i could dm i uh, one of the major changes i've made in terms of uh, being able to get back to real life gaming is uh, i made my own tabletop uh, i can't really uh, legitimize paying for one of the very high-end gaming tables just yet um, but I have essentially made my own which mo- uh, vastly increases the, the table space I have to play around I've got a nice felt green covering over the top borrowed some miniatures and have been making and painting some of my own miniatures and scenery Brilliant. which has been a huge change in in my kind of hobby end of it recently yeah that's been an amazing change of view I think for sure because um, I remember when you were first purchasing miniatures and you know I was getting into that little bit of painting and I messaged you, yeah, you go think about your painting, and you're like, maybe, maybe not, but now you're doing it, which is amazing. So Yeah, I'm very, very early stages. I've primed a whole bunch, and I've got a whole bunch that I bought pre-primed. Yeah. The colouring in's taking a little while, but <laughs> uh, as, as always, that's, that's where a bit, a bit of my analysis paralysis area comes in, and there's part of me that would rather leave them plain and unruined than <laughs> risk it, and, but I'm very much... You know, these things don't cost much. No. They're, they're a couple of quid for a mini, really, the aren't they? Only... So if I get it wrong, yeah. I'll scrub it and paint it again, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the only way you get better at painting the miniatures is by trying it. Yeah, yeah quite. Yeah. Um, I think any hobby absolutely. painter will tell you that any painting is better than no painting, I think. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've got good support from you guys. My um, good friend Karen, as I say, lent me some scenery. Uh, it gave me a one-to-one painting tutorial. Oh, has, nice. has lent me a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, gave me some paints, uh, so that's really good. And as we say, the comic shop uh, under the great initiative of Aaron has now got the full forty or full Warhammer paint set available, which is um, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, I think he's got the uh, spray air spray stuff coming in soon as I well. I think they've got some army painter stuff as well. So they've got like a different. They've got a couple of ranges mm. of paints and brushes and tools and things like that. So they've got. Quite a lot of options, actually. It's pretty good. Uh, plus, of course, they've got you know loads of the actual D and D miniatures as well. The ones that come pre-primed. Which, they have, yeah, which is helpful. I think they... I've got about thirty of those to paint, <laughs> and I bought one of the D and D painter starter kits as well, which 
comes with an extra mini, which is kind of what sold me. Oh, I get drizzed. Cool. I'll, I'll buy that one. <laughs> oh, no, I'll paint that as well. Yeah, I've had some great highlights because, uh, yeah, trust me, uh, the lockdowns and all of that certainly didn't stop me buying board games. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> if anything, I think it's sped up. It's probably... I, I can't Building a small fortress out of board games. Out of board games, yeah. exactly. So when, when the next apocalypse comes... I'm the guy with the board game house. Yeah. Come yeah. find me. You just need to stop moving house so we don't have to keep picking them all up. I, I know. I can't help myself. What can I just like moving, apparently. But no, uh, it's great. And I've, you know, since that, I've had uh, Ankh, Gods of Egypt, turn up, which is my big highlight. It's the big Kickstarter that mm. I was waiting a year and a bit for. Yeah, that's super impressive and quickly shot to a high-end uh, chart position, I think, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, it went right up my list of games, and, and we'll talk about that on an episode for sure in detail. Um, I also picked up from the comic shop uh, Raiders of the North Sea, which I played with Tom for the first time. It was really good. Really yeah. cool, super mm. clever. It was way thinkier and way more mean than I imagined. It was uh, a very different worker placement game. Yeah, yeah. super cool. Um, what else did we get to play? We got to play. Uh, also, you picked up Tapestry. Uh, Tapestry, which is brilliant. It's a civilization game. By Stonemaier. Stonemaier. Yep. Yeah. Jamie Stegmaier of so, Size and, and mm. other other games fame. Um, very very clever mechanics. Um, sort of slightly asymmetrical um, timing for work. Yeah, essentially worker placement. Yeah. Um, and um, it's uh, yeah, it's been something that we've played a couple of times now. Um, one of those games that you play the first time, have no idea what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's about, all games yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you get about two thirds of the way through the game, and you, you realise oh. you're just you're doing something completely, completely wrong and inefficiently. <laughs> and then you know, we went back to it a week later, and we played again with completely different, different civilizations yeah. and absolutely smashed our original scores. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah really good. Mm-hmm. And Stegmaier's released, or at least I'm, it's fairly new in my head, uh, Red Rising, I think. Red Rising mm-hmm. as well. Uh, yeah. Which my friend Anthony over at MTVB Podcast has also picked up. Um, same designer. So mm-hmm. hopefully that's a good one. Not tried it yet. I've heard some good things, although it's a little bit of a mixed bag. I think it depends on um, you know how into uh, deck builders you are. Yeah, and I've heard if you don't know the source material too well... Uh, might, I can might, imagine it being a bit impenetrable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know too much about that one, but I know that one's on They're the good list. books. Yeah, they are good books. Uh, we've had yeah. Inish was another one that was a standout oh, for me. Yeah, yeah, Inish was another great one that, that we popped out, and that's that's happened since. We've got to talk about that. Uh, uh, Azul uh, as well, which uh, which was one of yours. Um, that was, I think, one if, first, if not the first. Uh, yeah, one of the ones I bought from the comic shop. Yeah. It was nice little ones. tile placement game. Deceptively simple looking. You pick up tiles, you put them on the board in the yeah. right order, but... When you get a couple of games in, particularly playing with you guys in your ridiculous gaming brains, <laughs> thinking three moves ahead with uh, resource denial and so I'm on. Not, it's... I'm not sure I was planning that far ahead. I was mostly just trying to screw Wayne over. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Tom's default uh, strategy, which is uh, bend Wayne over, <laughs> just, like, just kick, kick him out. Um, yeah, the feeling's mutual, Tom. So yeah, pick someone you. and spite Screw them. you, Tom. <laughs> um, I was able to pick up Hughes and Cues, and I played that with a bunch of total non-gamers. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, had that usual conversation of, oh, what's, what are your hobbies, Simon? Oh, I play board games. Oh, like Monopoly. No. Well, no. No, <laughs> no Monopoly's a terrible but game. <laughs> here's, here's a game, and all of us, you know, us in our 30s and our 40s, and indeed uh, your seven-year-old that's with us, we can all play this game together, because it 
is simply based oh, on family game, yeah. pick a colour, say a word that you think fits, and then go, that's not what... The- yeah. <laughs> I mean, celery... I'm going to I'll ask you guys after the game what colour you think celery is, because apparently the people I played it with think it's a totally different colour to my <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with green. Green seems like a safe bet. I'm going yeah, with green. You would think. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually picked up, uh, on the sort of uh, note of party games, I suppose, or family weight games, because um, I know Hughes and Hughes is actually fairly well rated. I picked up a game called Just One, which is um, was actually a Spiel der Jahr winner, uh, 2019 I think or 2018. Uh, again from the comic shop, and I took it on uh, a day out to do the Bermondsey Beer Mile with a bunch of guys. So we were we were quite drunk at the time, and it was amazing. And I thought, you know what? Screw it. We're like three quarters away through the day. Let, let's bust it out and see what these guys think of this family weight game. Hmm. And oh my god, was it a blast! Here's the thing, cool thing about that game. It's basically a word guessing game where you've got one person that's the guesser, and everyone else is trying to make them guess the word that's in front of them that they can't see. Okay. So yeah, in okay. secret, they all individually write a related word. So if the, the word you're trying to get them to guess is horse, you might write nay. Another might person might write saddle, or the other person might write westerns. The trick is. You don't show each each other the words that you've written. You then show each other the words you've written after you've written them down. Mm-hmm. Anyone that's written the same word, those words are eliminated. It's eliminated. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, so they can't go too obvious. Yeah, so you end up with these yeah. kind of obscure clues. And it was super cool. And that <laughs> went down an absolute blast. So, um, yeah, yeah, really good one, actually. And uh, quite surprising. And there's quite a lot to be said for games like that. Azul a light-ish weight game with plenty of strategy that was on my list for a long time uh, exceeded my expectations. I had a, I had a blast with it. And um, it was the same when we when we uh, talked about and played Wingspan. We yeah. all played that at some mm, point. Yeah. And another sort of sort of light to mid-weight game at the very heaviest and another great experience. And I'm, you know what? I don't know if it's my age. I like those games more and more these days. Mm. Something you can play in an hour that's easy to pick up and learn. An hour to two, yeah. yeah. Something that's not going to consume an entire day and burn everyone out. Um, uh, as much as I love those games, I oh, recognise yeah. that not everyone has the uh, has the sort of uh, wherewithal to sort of sit down for four hours and or, 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 or sit down for six hours and play Star Wars <laughs> yeah. Rebellion, you know, yeah. and, Rebellion. and particularly with you know recent times being what they are. Now that people are able to do anything at all, a lot of their spare time is spent trying to catch up with mm. the whole swathe of people. So not everyone's got a day like yeah, we might. Yeah, we want um, something maybe more so social yeah, if as you well. Say, you know, if you've got a, a Tuesday evening, like, you know, yeah. we're fitting this in between work and other stuff on a Tuesday evening exactly. as we record because we've got the time to spare, but not a huge amount of time to spare. But no. it, we're, you know, we're trying to make the most of it's it. It's nice to fit in some catching up with people. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. 100%. On that note, I guess we talked about some of those highlights and the things that we've picked up and bought since uh, since that time. And uh, what's still on the shelf of shame yet to play? Ooh. I mean, Tom, I know you've got at least a couple. Yeah, so I have Aeon's End. Okay. Uh, which is a co-op uh, deck drafting game similar to things like... Um, Sentinels of the Multiverse. Oh, cool. So okay. co-op versus AI, yeah. uh, effectively. Um, but it's you know skinned uh, as a sort of fantasy uh, game where everyone plays. Uh, essentially, you're all playing as a different uh, type of uh, mage, 
and um, the game is about drafting your cards. It's got apparently quite a unique mechanic where you never shuffle your deck. So if you can remember oh. the order in which you've played things, that's you the order in which that's going to come That is perfect to you. for you then. Yeah, with the card counting. Knowing your history from, <laughs> your history from Pandemic, yeah. well, Cordova come out, no, that's six cards down. How do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Tom's notorious past as a casino gambler. Just, uh, <laughs> they yeah. kicked me out, and now I just have to play board games. And that's it, yeah. Ever since then, just got into the gaming hobby. Retired a millionaire. Yeah, so no, yeah. I've got that. Uh, and I, I something that I really need to play with more people, I've, I've basically only had a chance to really play it on my own. But um, I picked up another, uh, you know, Kickstarter monster, um, uh, Chronicles of Drunigo, mm-hmm. uh, Age of Darkness, which is like one of these monster miniature games, uh, you know, a big uh, dungeon crawler game with a million tiles and bits of 3D scenery Mm -hmm. and loads of miniatures. Um, yeah, you showed me the crates and yeah. crates of stuff that came. And I was like, good Loads lord. Of boxes. <laughs> I it's am a, excited to see this. You'll it, yeah, have to yeah. divulge more. Yeah, I've sort of brought the box various places and shown people. <laughs> but yeah, we've not had a chance to actually sort of sit down and play it yet. Yeah, I'd like to play that as well, to be honest with you. I think that's a, mm. that will be a good one. Um, yeah, anything on your shelf of shame, Simon? Anything you haven't well, managed to get to the table? First of all, talking to Kickstarter, I've just paid my tax bill, which means that it should be shipping this week. Uh, I've backed, uh, only the second ever Kickstarter I've backed, uh, Dungeons & Lasers, which is a huge terrain for, uh, yeah. uh, kind of aimed at D&D or Pathfinder, perhaps, that scale of thing. Uh, so I've got one of two major orders I've put in for that. The other one, I didn't put the rapid delivery charge on, so that'll be here next year. Given the amount of stuff I've ordered for the first one, it's going to take me until next year to clip and paint all of it. Anyway, uh, I have very much fallen in love with, as much as I love imagination and theatre of the mind, being able to just go, and this is what it really looks like. Yeah. You know, kind of dumping that huge thing out on the table. So I'm looking forward to Particularly that. Particularly for those sort of big boss fights or, or set mini pieces. boss fights, yeah. set pieces. Yeah, yeah the, the you, big sort of climactic. And when uh, you get above three, slightly. you know, when you get, certainly when you get above four players, I find it very hard, even for myself, to keep track of um, where everyone is in that virtual mm. 3D space. Mm-hmm. And knowing most of the players that I play with tend to also appreciate that. Uh, legitimacy of no I'm definitely this amount of yeah, yeah I, I really enjoyed the, uh, watching and listening to the, the DMs that are happy to run everything in their head people imagine it and go oh yeah no, you're, you're, you went you dashed last time so you're just yeah. abstract yeah. My, my brain can't do that I can barely keep up with the numbers mm. so <laughs> if I can put something down and go no tile spaces this is all great mm. uh, so I've got that on the way I think technically I've played everything I've bought once but once is by no means enough. So I have yeah. Lords of Waterdeep, which I really enjoyed, which mm. I brought around. And I need to here. play that more. I think that's great. It's a, one of those sort of modern classics of yeah. the work of placement genre, and I loved it when we played it. Yeah, that was a strong recommendation from Aaron. Uh, again, it's D&D related, although really it's kind of by the by that it's D&D related. Um, it's, a, it's a skin, yeah. Yeah, it, it looked yeah. far more complicated than in the reality of yeah. what it was. Um, basically, you have a couple of turns to do things very quickly and it passes around the board quicker and quicker and mm. again you've got that heavy interaction of area denial and, mm. and screwing over your opponents so it mm. kind of suits us all down to the yeah, ground exactly uh, Hughes and Cues I've only played a couple of times I'm, yeah. simple as it is I'm desperate to get it back out mostly for that you know that interaction the discussion of yeah. that's not plum like, well of course that's, <laughs> no, no, that's, that's Cerise Cerise uh, is Cerise pink is, what the, 
Oh, what's apple mint? Oh, I don't know, but you guessed it, right? <laughs> um, so it's more getting back to the things that I've only had a couple of goes on and then just trying to reignite and find time for all of the D&D that's either on hold or yeah. waiting to start. Oh, gosh, uh, yeah. Again, Aaron's got another initiative for us DMs at the, the Comic Shop for Adventurers League yep. um, with some more bonuses to, to come along with that. It's just it's now actually trying to find the time and you're thinking, well, where is it all going? Yeah. But... Uh, it's, it's I'm, probably, I'm, I'm happy to be busy. Yeah, yeah, quite. It's probably worth mentioning, actually, on that on that um, front. The uh, the comic shop, obviously, they're they're looking to restart, um, particularly Adventurers League, encouraging um, DMs to come out of their closets and um, start running games again mm-hmm. uh, at the shop. Um, so Eric and I, a couple of weeks ago, we. Um, did a starter session for some new players, people who've been sort of jumping up and down Mm. in the Facebook group and shouting for um, an opportunity to either play for the first time and learn how to play or to get some help with making characters or just to have an opportunity to start playing in Adventurers League, which, uh, you know, we haven't been able to run at the shop for nearly a year, Mm. pretty much. Mm. Yeah, we had a couple of our own kind of one shots in yeah. in known groups, but in terms of open access adventure league, it's yeah, it's been on lockdown quite literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a good while. Yeah, I'd like to go back to that. It was a really enjoyable experience for the times that I was doing it. So um, it's nice to know that it's back on, and uh, yeah, plenty of opportunity at the comic shop probably to try out your DMing skills should you wish, and there are rewards therein, mm-hmm. um, which is great to know. Um, in terms of, I don't really have so much a shelf of shame uh, as I managed to bust everything out over the last few weeks. Um, another highlight being Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion, oh, yeah. uh, which I've been playing with Tom and a couple others at the uh, Crawley Gaming Club at the CGC. Um, and that has been pretty fun so far. We're a couple of weeks into it. It's a campaign-esque game. I mean, I'm sure if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know about Gloomhaven. It is the more accessible I suppose, light-ish version therein. It's the version that comes with a decent tutorial. Yeah. (laughs) The version that tells you how to play the game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, and arguably should have been part of the original Gloomhaven campaign. So, um, and that's been super fun for me. And in terms of value, unbelievable. I think I picked it up for 35-ish quid from the comic shop Crawley, and it was... I mean, the value in that box mm. is unbelievable for 35 quid. I mean... Compared to Gloomhaven, which is, what, about 120? Something like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's got a lot of content in a very small box. A shed load. They cram yeah. it, cram it tight, and mm. super clever how they've managed it with you know instead of uh, tile pieces, you've got everything in like a scenario book, and you mm-hmm. play within the book. And I love that. I mean, I'm all over that sort of stuff. Really cool, uh, innovative design, super fun to play. Um, and in terms of, I guess, things that I want to play more, I I'm, I need to get root to the table more. I've played that a couple of times, <laughs> and I need it at its full player count of well, its its full recommended count of four. The few times that I've played it, I've absolutely loved it, yep. and I need it. I need more, more root, especially yeah, now that I, I have an expansion coming. Say, we've too. got an expansion. We've got the winter season. We've never played on the the reverse, on the reverse the side. Yeah, I've, got, I've only only played once yeah. with some of the expansions, and that was on Tabletop Simulator. Where we tried out, I tried out the moles, and uh-huh. I think you were the ravens. I think I was. I was the corvids. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But you need to come over, and we need to that get that out properly. Mm-hmm. And I've got another Kickstarter coming uh, for that, which has uh, a couple of extra clans. There's like a warlord. 
the, mar- marauders. Um, the marauders yeah, yeah there's, a, nice. there's some extra stuff coming for that as well and then I think like like a mercenaries sort of thing mm-hmm. so they can come and help you out for a couple of battles but you know who are flighty and then you can outbid people for- so there's a whole bunch of extra stuff that comes with that and um, I think there is another big one by that designer um, Colwell and uh, I can't remember the artist Kyle Ferrin is Oath I missed the Kickstarter mm-hmm. which I'm now sort of sad about apparently it's completely weird but an amazing legacy light-esque game that will you can play over multiple sessions and it will change and all of that sort of stuff but yeah, um, yeah. It, has, it has some stuff that sticks from session to session but isn't dependent on everyone being the same players and yeah. stuff. It's very, yeah. very oh, different. Okay. Which is, which is very nice. different. Yeah. So many legacy games are uh, they're sort of that extra commitment. You need to have a con- a consistent group. Yeah, and you don't want to. You know, I've I've held off on pulling the trigger on a lot of legacy games because I don't want to start playing it and then have people flake out. Yeah, because it's basically um, it's like trying to organise D and D. It's a bloody nightmare. Yeah, so. I was just saying, to you guys didn't know before the uh, the mics went live, and I dipped a toe in. We literally played a session of Pandemic Legacy Season One, then. Mm have struggled to find any time since. Partly because we, the same group, started playing Lord of the Rings Journey to Middle-earth. So <laughs> yeah. we kind of made it, uh, you know, cross, cross our own really. backs on there. But uh, it was good fun. And just having that, being familiar with the game already and then having that added pressure of knowing that it could go so much worse yeah. permanently yeah. was actually incredibly enjoyable. I thought yeah. it was going to be really stressful. And at a personal level, permanently destroying something I bought. Yeah. I just can't bring myself to do it. So if, where it says tear up a card, I would just put it neatly in the box. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the destroyed box. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I actually got gifted a copy, albeit a French copy of Pandemic Legacy Season 1 by a gentleman from the Crawley Gaming community who'd been sent it accidentally by his order, who then replaced it with the English version as he was expecting didn't want the French copy back and I thought well I know someone who's got the English copy once we're done with it I can have the rule book and we can start again yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah. Um, that's all you need really you've got the parts we need yeah. the, is, the, uh, is the rules I had a similar problem with uh, Charterstone yeah that's which, one which has been on my shelf for the best part of two years not a Stonemaier game actually. yeah I started playing it Christmas of 2019 that was like and, five years ago, and then, right? Yeah, and then a couple of months later, <laughs> um, the end of the world happened. Yeah. And I uh, haven't been able to get together with the same people since. So it's just sitting on my shelf, one session in, stickers on the board. Exactly. Those people, if you're listening. Yeah. Get, <laughs> get, get back around Tom's place and play Charter Stone. Mm. And just on that note, I feel like Jamie Stegmaier can't do any wrong at the moment. Stonemaier Games is on a bloody roll. Mm. They are, they're, they're nailing some great games. Just constantly good stuff. I haven't even played Viticulture, which apparently is incredible. I've, I've got, I've got the Tuscany, that, or the Essentials Edition. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, I've got Viticulture. It's we good. Need, we need to play that too. You need to dr- uh, play it and drink wine at the same time. It's I'm not in. the same if you're not. I'm uh, in. Well, that counts <laughs> me out. Can I have Ribena? <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, why not? <laughs> But uh, yeah, that pretty much wraps up our first welcome back episode. It's a nice icebreaker to get our our muscles flexed for podcasting mm. and uh, and get back into the flow of it. And it was nice to chat to you both and talk about our rebranding and our new approach and how excited we are about getting back into gaming and D&D and all that cool stuff. So excited. We won't shut up if you let us start. Yeah. Hopefully you uh, have enjoyed hearing our... Varying tones. I know I miss Wayne's voice in the 
<laughs> Offer me a cup of tea on the daily. So. <laughs> we've been we've been chatting about stuff sort of more or less constantly for the last few weeks anyway, and playing games. So it's just you know now we've finally got round to actually turn the microphones back on. Yeah, it's very much just uh, a case of sticking the the mic in front of our faces and doing what we have already been lucky enough to do. Really, isn't it? Exactly that. We get to talk about the things we love, and that's why we do this. That's pretty much it. So. Uh, thanks for listening to Board Stupid. Subscri- oh my god, here we go again. Thanks. To- <laughs> I'm even keeping that in. Thanks for listening to Board Stupid. Subscribe to us for updates and to get future episodes of the show delivered directly to your ear holes via your favourite podcast service, if we're even still on the internet. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Board Stupid UK. We've got a new address to go with the new branding because that address became available somehow so b-o-a-r-d stupid uk um there's yeah and you can also find us at our home anchor.fm forward slash board stupid again b-o-a-r-d if you like our content do us a massive favor give us a five-star review wherever you can review us and share the links to the episodes on social media i'm hoping at some point we'll have an insta page because simon takes cool pictures of all our stuff yeah i was just going to mention hopefully you'll get some uh, pictures of the nice shiny shinies that Action we're always shots. waffling on about yeah, yeah uh, maybe cool some stuff. work in progress painting i know wayne is far more of a dab hand at the the paints than I am. That's, that's a lie. <laughs> certainly at this point. Uh, that's a lie. And yeah, we're looking forward to expand and explore all that we can in these yeah, varied hobbies. Let's four exit. So uh, maybe not the exterminate. I mean, I don't know who we're going to exterminate. Jason and, yeah, the, and, the, and, the, and the Meeple Minded Podcast. Or, uh, <laughs> no, we like those and guys. We'll I think we'll guys. treat them as, as allies. As certainly allies. for now. Yeah. Okay. We'll do that. Cool. <laughs> if you've got any feedback, comments, or questions, stick it in the comments below. We always love to hear, hear from you. So, um, what has been your highlight since you've managed to come back to board gaming and D and D? Um, what have you bought? What's on your shelf of shame? What do you want to play more over the coming weeks? Let's hope all of that good stuff continues. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you again real soon. Bye-bye, folks. Thanks very much. <laughs>